This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Ah! Hi, guys. Welcome to Anatomy of a Movie. Today, we are breaking down the film Downhill, which is an American remake of the film Force Majeure. We're going to talk the story, plots, characters, stuff we hated, stuff we loved. For now, just remember, this is a spoiler-filled review. We have seen this film, which doesn't come out till February 14th, but we're here to break it down for you guys, because we're getting into the anatomy of a movie. I'm your host, Tara Erickson, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Mina. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. That was an amazing intro, Tara. I feel oh, so jazzed for this We're now. doing it. <laughs> Me and Mina had the pleasure of seeing this screening together over at Fox, um... Uh, I just want to give you guys a heads up. It's an hour and 26 minutes, this film. It was directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who are both Oscar-winning duos, a writing duo. Um, and there are they are fans of Julia Louis-Dreyfus, just like me. It was written by Jesse Armstrong, who wrote Succession, great show on HBO, as well as Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who directed it together. Um, who are known for The Way, Way Back and The Descendants. So that's the overall general little stuff that I'm going to give you in regards to this movie. But I want to start off with your overall thoughts. How did you feel about this remake of the movie? You know, it's always great to see Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus on camera in general. I've never seen them as a duo tag-teaming together. Like, even the thought of them being in a relationship, like this power couple, which isn't even a power couple in the movie, is just so bizarre to me. But um, what I liked is that, you know, we normally see Will Ferrell in roles that are really silly and, like, over-the-top but this really was reminiscent of Stranger Than Fiction, kind of like that really down-on-his-luck character, um, very, like, sad, disillusioned with the world, um, and kind of like a lack of agency. And I thought it was really interesting to see him play this role, um, this type of role for a second time. Uh, and I love when we see comedians play roles that are a little more real, and I think comedy kind of kind of highlights that. I feel like to understand comedy, you have to understand drama, and this was a perfect fusion of both drama and comedy. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus really brings down the house in this film, especially in one certain scene. Um, the reason that Fox actually went to Julia after the film Enough Said, which he mm -hmm. started in alongside... Um, oh, man, I'm blanking on his name. James Gandolfini. Thank you so much. James <laughs> Gandolfini. Oh, man. God rest his soul. He's such an amazing actor. Um, so they approached her after she got her dramatic side out there um, and asked her to make this remake of Force Majeure, which I have to admit I have not seen. And there's a lot of stuff online saying just to go back and watch the original film. But I'm coming at this with fresh eyes, and I truly enjoyed exactly what you said, Will, and Julia's take on just a really dramatic push in seeing a relationship fall apart 
while grappling with grief and a very large circumstance that was way out of their control. Um, have you seen Force Majeure? I have not. Okay, seen so it. we're both coming at it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, well, so this is Ameri- an American take by the Swedish writer and director Ruben Ostlund. Um, and like I said, Julie was a- approached by Searchlight. And this is her very first, I think, um, big role as a producer, producing a film that she also stars in. And the producer Bregman said, a quote, it's the film version of a cover song. So when I think about a cover song, you can kind of do whatever you want and make it your own. Do you feel like that's what this film felt like? I can kind of see that because a cover song is taking something um, that's very popular and kind of having your own fresh take on it. And it's a little bit more indie, oftentimes slowed down. If you notice with cover songs, they take it and they'll do like an acoustic version or something slowed down. And I felt like this was very much about uh, the character development as opposed to what's going on in the film. It didn't feel like it was very plot driven. It felt like the avalanche that happened in the beginning of the movie was just a tool to highlight their deteriorating relationship and see how they work through that. And I felt like there were a lot of metaphors of like even the title itself, Downhill. You know, everything is downhill from that point, and they're also on a slope at all times. And I feel like there's a lot of um, interesting things at play when, you know, you're going down versus having to climb up at the very end of the movie when Will Ferrell's going up, and it's almost like a battle, and then coming back down, and then going back up again. I think, you know, there were very interesting things that I, I saw as metaphors in this film. Yeah, there's a lot of metaphors in this movie. So let's move on to, like, story and topics, m- more so characters. Um, Billy and Pete, Billy played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Pete with Will Ferrell, um, they seem to be in a relationship that they both like to resign from at the beginning of this film. Um, we see that Pete is grappling with his father's death that happened eight months prior to this. Um, and it seems to have caused, like, a lot of empathy. Amp- <laughs> Empathy? No. Apathy is the word I was looking for, guys, in this specific relationship. Um, And when this avalanche happens, Julia's left holding her kids and Pete runs away. Right. Um, How do you feel about his instincts to run away? If you saw an avalanche coming at you in the way that it was set up in this movie and your family was sitting across from you at a picnic table, um, I guess it might be a little hard to get across a table to get to them. Mm-hmm. But what do you feel like you would have done in that circumstance? You know, it's so hard to say. It really depends on, you know, who's my husband and who are my kids? Do I hate my kids? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I really think that my maternal instincts would kick in and, you know, my kids would be my priority. I don't know what type of marriage I'm going to have. Hopefully I have an amazing marriage. I mean, I can't see myself abandoning my family. Um, I think especially when you think about traditional gender roles, it's kind of crazy to like think of a man running away when the man is almost seen as the protector of the family. And I kind of think that this illustrates this dynamic where Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the one who really is the protector and is the one who is the glue trying to hold everything together. And it almost feels like he's just so resigned from things because he knows the way she views him. And I think it wasn't just the avalanche and the way he acted during that avalanche that showed him the way she viewed him. I think it was things like not even shown in the film that showed that, hey, this was like the final straw. This was like the last thing. And to run away from your family when there's something this crazy going on, if that's your instinct, it's a flight or fight response, and your instinct is to fly away... I think it's really indicative of your personality because 
we kind of see that he's very passive and that's his flight response. I mean, he doesn't want to stick it out and like fight the battle. He just wants to run away from everything. And I think with, you know, Pete's character, his name is Pete, right? Yes, Pete. (laughs) I don't want to mess up the names. With Pete's character, it almost seems like he's walking away from everything because he doesn't have the fight in him. Yeah. And that's just so disappointing. But at the same time, he is going through grief. And I think when you do suffer a great loss in life, you kind of feel like, well, what's the meaning of life? What do I have to live for? And it just makes you think a lot. And I think it's really hard to be in a situation where you're going through a huge loss like that. Yeah, I agree. We're going to talk more about Will Ferrell's character, Pete, in regards to his grieving and kind of how that may have led to his Pete runaway moment. But I want to get into Charlotte, who's played by Miranda Otto, who's a sexually charged character who I think saves Billy multiple times in this movie. Um, Once at a table by giving her relief, having her back. Um, And I just think it's also very funny that uh, one of Miranda's lines, um, Charlotte is her character's name, is uh, a lady who likes to catch dick uh, in this movie, (laughs) who is the complete opposite of Billy. Um, She really is like, does not like Charlotte from the top of this film, yet Charlotte ends up being the woman that saves her also with G, giving her G as sort of like a gift that Billy didn't know she needed. Um, And I just wanted to know, what was your favorite moment from Charlotte in this film? Do you have a favorite (laughs) moment from her? Because she had a lot of moments with Billy um, where Billy looked uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, it was actually all really good advice that I think Billy, or moments that Billy needed. Yeah, I mean, I think just their interaction on the ski lift was pretty funny when she's, like, you know, having this conversation with her and then just says, okay, off you go, and doesn't really give her a heads up of what really is going on, and she's just, like, being very forward about her sexuality, and she's like, I masturbate every day, and I do this, and Billy's just like, oh my god, and she's, like, looking around, like, we can't talk about this, this is so inappropriate. So I loved also, you know, I I feel like... Germans have a really funny sense of humor. I feel like it's very, like, straightforward and they're kind of serious, but at the same time I love, like, that direct blunt nature of the culture where they're just like, this is what it is and there's, like, no shame in that and they're not even saying it facetiously it's just like, no, 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 this is it Yeah, I think the the best representation of that moment is when Charlotte says, uh, hi nice to meet you, and Billy shakes her hand and she's like, oh, uh, we just touched our, 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 we touched, should I tell my husband oh but god forbid our private parts touch and and that's like a whole other story and that's how she views it it's just like bodies touching because they need to be touched and not everybody has to be told and billy is very much not that person but um she does give her the gift of having a moment with g googie elmo i that's the best way that i can say it um and uh i really liked that moment um, with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and G. Um, Did you feel like that moment could have or should have gone further? Because she ends up in a shack with him after they have a nice little ski down the hill, and she's supposed to be having a solo day. Um, And G kind of ends up rubbing her calves and asking her, like, who is Billy? Which I doubt is not a question she's ever heard in the last 20 years, especially not from Pete, her husband, There's a lack of her being seen and being heard in her relationship from her husband and her children. Um, And G is the one who finally gives that to her, which I think Charlotte knew all along, which is why I call it a gift from Charlotte 
and um, I was wondering if you if you like the moment where Julia does end up kissing him, but mm-hmm. n- nothing further happens. Um, I didn't like the moment because obviously I feel like if you're in a relationship and it's, you know, you're married, I just, I, it didn't sit well with me. But at the same time, I had a lot of empathy for it because um, I don't condone cheating whatsoever, but I really could understand Julia Louis-Dreyfus's perspective and how she was just like, this guy doesn't even protect the family and like, what's he doing? And everything is so disconnected. Not only did he run away from the avalanche, which I understand, okay, he did something, it wasn't up to your expectations, fine, but at least take accountability for it. At least say, hey, this is what I did, I'm sorry, as opposed to, no, 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 flight or flight response and like, oh, it was just a survival instinct and blah, 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 blah. No, take accountability. But I think with, with Pete, he was lying to himself and he felt shame and he didn't want to be viewed in that light and he didn't want to admit to himself, yeah, this is what I did and I'm not proud of that and I think if he just was honest it could have been the first building block to a a resolution if you will but I don't think he was ready to admit that to himself so when Billy did that um, and she kissed G I was just like yeah I understand but I was like proud of her for not going further I think that she still was like no like I'm still in a marriage even if I'm unhappy I'm not gonna cheat I think the amount of self control in this moment is like okay I totally still respect Billy's character for just kissing this guy who's not only giving her almost everything that she has not had in the last at least like 10 years that you wouldn't just fall head over heels and just be like I guess I'm going to give in to this because life sucks right now. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that they only went that far. Um, Let's move on to Zach Woods and Zoe Chow um, who play Zach and Rosie in this um, film and there's a scene where the avalanche becomes the biggest it it ever will I think in this movie in terms of Billy and Pete's relationship. They have a big long discussion. There is a scene it's a 10 or 12 page scene with these four people and my question to you is why do you think having them that couple Mm -hmm. um zach and rosie present during this conversation where billy is trying to get pete to admit that he ran away is important in this how did you feel about the reasoning for having that couple there how did you view that um i I thought it was interesting because I think in some ways you're wondering, okay, is the male just going to be loyal to Pete because it's his friend? What are the dynamics going to be? Are they going to just find this bizarre that they're airing their dirty laundry in front of them and they don't have, like, the tact to keep it to themselves? I I was, like, thinking of, like, everything. I was like, oh, my God, this is so awkward, but... I could understand, you know, Billy being like, no, let's have, like, an outside observer just chime in with their opinion so that I don't feel like I'm crazy and I'm being gaslit over here for my opinions. And I think, you know, Billy feels so alone. Like, am I crazy to think that you abandoned me for doing this? And it's like, what do you guys think? Um, and I, I think that was important. And I, I just think, obviously, the, the comedic effect that was, like, taking it too far is bringing the kids in and being like, hey, what did Daddy do? 
daddy left and it's just like okay don't traumatize children like that like please leave the kids out of this yeah (laughs) it's a funny moment because billy it's it's unbeknownst to her that pete has actually secretly invited zach and rosie to come over it's his moment sabotage number two is what i call it where he's avoiding talking to his wife about the moment where he runs away during an avalanche he wants to avoid it at all costs Mm -hmm. billy ends up using them in this conversation um and actually is able to get it all out while getting the response that you think she would get from her husband, which is pure shock and also like, I am so sorry that you felt that way. And I think the reason the couple is thrown in here, it's a nice juxtaposition of a couple who's in the throes of love, who's the very opposite of what Billy and Pete are in that moment, who are showing them an example that love can be broken and lost and sort of thrown to the wayside when a large event happens. A force majeure, out of of their control. (laughs) Um, So, Will has a moment. When Billy has her off day with she and and Charlotte, um, Will has his day that he has to go and take the boys. And he takes them to the family resort. Oh, Pete, right? Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Will, 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 I'm sorry, Will Farrell, uh, yeah, a.k.a. Yeah, yeah. Pete. Oh, I lost that. Um, my bad. Yeah. Um, has a moment with the kids where he takes them to a family-friendly resort, which is the resort that he did not choose. And he also has a moment at the same time. The kids are very excited to be there. And you kind of are hit with this moment that, oh, why didn't he choose the family-friendly resort? Meaning another representation of how grief can kind of put a filter on you and you start, I think, stop becoming exactly who you are as maybe a husband or a dad or a partner or a person in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also a moment where he gets a little bit too rough with his kids on the slide and they end up shutting down. Um, Do you think that moment of him letting loose and going a little bit too far uh, was more about his grief, or do you think that that's actually a good representation of how he might be day-to-day as a dad before he even lost his dad? How did you feel about that? Do you think that was really just a representation of him being... um, maybe embarrassed over what happened and his grief? Or do you feel like maybe Pete's character was like that? He's that kind of a dad on a day-to-day basis and maybe has been for the past few years versus just the past eight months. Like, just kind of, like, rough and aggressive, or you mean... Yeah, yeah. and unaware, meaning yeah. in the beginning of the movie, they do say, um, Julia's character, Billy, says, uh, there's no kids here. Don't you think that's a, a little weird? And he's like, no, no, it's fun. It's like an adult, you know, theme land, but he has his two sons there. It's a completely, you know, he's unaware of, yeah. of the choice that he made when there was a better option available. Yeah, it almost feels a little selfish. Like, he's not really thinking about the kids. He's not thinking about the family. He's just, like whatever you can do to get by, you know? And I think it's that that survival. It's like you are, when you're going through grief, it's like, it's just about getting to the next day. It's not even like, oh, what's my best life possible? It's like, no, like, this is happening to me. I'm not doing well. Let's just take it day by day and, like, let's get by. And I think that's the attitude that he has. And it's not that it's good or bad. It's that it's not working for him right now. And I don't think, you know, him just not having the foresight to be like, oh, let's do something fun or let's do something like this. I think when you're going through something and you're going through something like depression or loss, it is very difficult to be the type of person you want to be because you're not even thinking about that. Your mind is and your judgment is impaired. I almost feel like it's like, you know, going through it. it, It's it's probably the same feeling as like going through some sort of like drug withdrawal or, you know, just feeling awful. So I... 
it, it's hard because I feel like I should empathize with Pete, like, logically, but it's so frustrating when you see um, Billy's perspective in the movie to really want to cheer on Pete because he doesn't show those redeeming qualities of, like, oh, like, I want this or I love you or anything. It's just very... He's very just you know, yeah, thinking and about himself. It's hard to see that, too, even when he's with the kids, because he ends up going too far where it could have been a really great day, and the kids end up withdrawing, which I think is sort of his third failure of the film. Number one, running away from your family in an avalanche. Um, and then the other ones is just avoiding avoiding the conversation with your wife, when really you should just have it. Have it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rose, who is Zach's girlfriend in this film, she rides up the ski lift with Billy, and Um, She has a conversation with her, and she says, if Zach ever did that to me, I would kick him in the balls, and he would never see me again. It is black and white. (laughs) And I'm curious to you, is it black and white? Um, My favorite part of that entire scene is when when, uh, Billy asks her, how old are you? And she goes, 30. And she's like... Okay, kind of like, you know what, honey? I have a husband. I have kids. I've been in this for, like, God knows how many years. You're 30 years old, and you're giving me relationship advice when everything is peachy keen with you. I feel like it's so easy to come from a place of, like, oh, don't ever let a man treat you like that. You should want more. You should want this. But she doesn't know what their dynamic or their relationship was like the first 10 years, the first five years, the first two years. Like, she doesn't know that. And I think it's so easy to say, like, oh, things aren't going well. Like, I deserve better. But whatever happened to you till death do us part and wanting to stick through the really, really rough times, I don't think it's a black and white issue. I think there's so many factors to take into play. I do think that there are certain non-negotiables in a relationship. But I love that Billy gave Pete a chance to redeem himself. That's what I think a marriage should look like. Yeah. Forgiveness second chances, you know, working through problems, and also taking accountability. That's what I loved about this movie. Yeah, it's it's a great moment, and I do agree with you. It's not necessarily black and white. She is basing it on one moment that she comes into Billy and Pete's relationship. Here's how he ran away from an avalanche, and is like, it's black and white. And you're like, baby, it might not be. Um, so there's a moment where Pete, Will Ferrell, admits that when he's drunk, that he loves his family, but death makes you think about yourself, and you can't forget about you. Um, do you relate to that struggle at at death causing you to have an inevitable focus on you? Yeah. You do? I, I 100% agree with that. And yeah. I wouldn't know that if I didn't experience it firsthand. But, you know, I think this is a conversation I've also been having with loved ones. But I, I really think that when when you're going through grief and you're going through something that is such a huge loss in your life that you're constantly thinking, oh, like, why isn't, you know, this person there for me and I'm not doing well? And you're not thinking, what can I do for this person or how can I help these people? You're thinking, why isn't anyone helping me? And I think sometimes it's really easy to take on a victim mentality of, you know, you're just thinking about yourself and, like, you're just wanting to get better because it's really hard to give any of yourself when you're in a really bad state of mind. So I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I've been through that. It's, yeah. It's really, really, really difficult. It is tough. When you can relate, when you when you lose people, it makes you think and view the world differently, and you start to think more about your life and what you're doing and your inevitable end, <laughs> which it makes you think about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that point of view um, of Pete's struggle and his grief that 
he's struggling with grief, which makes it a lot harder for him to be there for his family and be a good husband and a father. Um, there is my favorite quote in this movie, um, and then we're going to move on to um, characters and how it's been received, and then also talk a little bit more about force majeure. Um, but I just want to give the favorite quote. Billy says, I just want you to want to survive an avalanche with us, which to me is the heart of this movie. Um, you wouldn't think an event in which everyone makes it out just fine would damage a family so emotionally simply because of a knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, this avalanche does indeed become a snowball and a, and a journey for this family that becomes heartbreaking and it really is just a very quick fleeting moment although in the film i mean it's totally real and julie talked about how they did get um pummeled with snow uh while they were filming this um and the way that they made it look it is terrifying i would also think that i am going to die Mm -hmm. and what julia does end up saying is that i i braced my boys and I got ready to die together. Mm-hmm. So together is is her whole goal. And Pete is part of that family. And he, I assume, was feeling the same way. Crap, we're going to die. Here comes an avalanche. And ran away. Maybe he just had easier access to get up and run away. I don't know. But um, I kind of want to get your, your take on that whole view of I just want you to want to survive an avalanche with us. That truly is the crux of the entire movie. The entire reason the relationship isn't working. I mean, I think this really illustrates that, you know, it's not about the result. It's about the process. And it's not about being results-oriented. It's like, no, no, no. I, it, You didn't have to save us. You didn't have to do this for us. You didn't have to get us out of an avalanche because Pete keeps saying, how am I supposed to save you from an avalanche and stop an avalanche from happening? She's like, that's not the point. You're not supposed to. I just want you to want to survive it with us. And I think it's just that desire of, like, why don't you care? <laughs> why don't you want to see this through? Why don't you want to be there for us? And why, if we go, we go together. Why are you separating from this unit? Why do you not care? And I think that was so powerful. She doesn't have the expect- expectation of him saving them, of him doing anything that's out of his control. She just wants him to try. She just wants him to care. And she wants him to show that. And I think that is such a fair thing to want out yeah. of your life partner. She just wants her husband to show up. Um, which leads us to the ending moment, which um, she says, I'm doing this for us. This is how the boys see you. She is at the top of a hill by herself. Will and the kids, uh, Pete's character, Will Farrell, and the two boys, they go down the hill and leave her to do the ski alone. Um, she's eventually calling for Pete out loud, and Pete is like, okay, I gotta go get my wife. He storms up the the hill, and there she is sitting with her skis propped up, and she just says, I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this for how our boys see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple of, of great lines uh, that she just says, if you're tired of the way that I'm looking at you, then try something else. Try something different. I just want you to want to be here. And Pete does admit, I do want to be here. I'm here. You know, he's like standing there being like, I am actually here. Um, and uh, I think that line was very powerful because he is there, but he's not really, 
he needs to change up the way that he's present within this family. Um, and that ending moment made the entire film for me. I thought it was so brilliant. Um, and then she's just like, rescue me. And that's the whole point in the boys um, viewing their dad differently, which they he ran away. Daddy's not there for us. When a huge boom happens, I go to mom. Um, and Julia's character... Um, is changing the way that the boys look at their father and really rectifying him as a man, which is not her job. Mm-hmm. How did you uh, feel at this moment? It would have been really funny if he was like, eh, I'm not going to save her. Yeah. <laughs> just like repeating that same cycle of just nonchalance and apathy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I loved that, like, you know, despite everything, despite them not getting along, despite him even apologizing and taking accountability at one point and her saying, this should have come four days ago. Why are you doing this now? It's almost like she wants things and she wants them when she wants it. And in a way, it's like this really unhealthy dynamic that keeps like feeding the other. You can't expect someone to do good things for you and to show up for you if you're not really being open to the possibility of them doing it. It's kind of like being like, oh, you messed up. Impress me. Dance for me, monkey. Do this. Do that. It's like, no, you have to like show that you're willing to be receptive to it. So I'm a little shocked that Pete even went up the hill. Like we're rooting for him. But for him to do that, I genuinely think is a big deal because their relationship is horrible right now. She is showing him zero love, zero attention, a lot of shame and disappointment. And I think disappointment hurts more than anger. I really think, you know, when someone is disappointed in you, you feel that worse than when someone is angry at you because it almost feels like you didn't fulfill an expectation that someone had of you. So they view you in a lesser light. And I think Mm -hmm. that's almost worse than anger, which is just like, do this for me, you know? Yeah, and you can see it in this film. There is a part where right after the avalanche happens, um, Pete does sidle up to Billy next to her on the mirror to try to, like, brush their teeth together. And she's like, I just, I need space. And I think what he he wanted was sort of um, a no-words connection with his wife in that moment of, like, I'm sorry, without him saying it, because he he hasn't really grown up enough to say I'm sorry and admit that he ran away. He literally, in the argument, the big scene, he's like, can you run in snow boots? I didn't run away. Can you run in snow boots? Anybody run in snow boots? He's just in complete denial of the situation. And again, we don't know how good their relationship has been the past 10 years. It could just be he's grieving and now it's total crap for the last eight months versus the last 10 years. We're not really quite sure. Um, but I do agree with you that... Um, Billy's character could give a little bit more to Pete to make that relationship better. They could both sort of walk the path. It's 50-50. And I think the move for her in having Pete rescue her was maybe as much as she was like, this is what I can give you because you effed up real bad, buddy. Yeah. Um, That was really nice that she did that. Honestly, I feel like it was such a genius way to, like, really patch things up and say that. And I love, like... Honestly, Tara, this movie was so funny. Like, I was laughing the whole time because even though it's so serious and real and raw, there's so many moments of, like, oh my God, like, what's happening? And I just was laughing. So when he finally rescues her, takes her down, she's like, oh, oh, I forgot my ski boots. And then yeah. he goes again. And I'm like, I'm loving this. Like, it's, she's just milking this at this point. It's a great <laughs> moment, too, because you see the boys have this bright smile on their face when she's like, yeah, dad rescued me. And they're just like, They, like, have the biggest, goofiest smiles, which is very, very cute to see. We were like, they probably actually do. They're like, our dad's, like, 
he's back. He's like a superhero. Like he sucked uh, four days ago, but like he's back now. Yeah. And it's a really uh, heartfelt moment, which I truly enjoy. And then the skis is the tag to it, which makes you laugh, which is great. Um, now I'm going to talk about the the reception here. So on Rotten Tomatoes, this uh, film holds an approval rating of 46 percent based on 26 reviews, with a weighted average of 5.67 out of 10. Um, a lot of people are saying go back and look at the original film Force Majeure. Again, we are both looking at this with fresh eyes. Um, Force Majeure, it was nominated for a Best Foreign Language Film at the 72nd Golden Globe Awards. Mm -hmm. So it has gotten a lot of attention. I think a lot of people have seen it. Um, That has 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, I think that hopefully when the film comes out, it will be released on Valentine's Day, that those ratings will go up based on user reviews and not just critics. Um, But how do you feel about that reception? What would you give it percentage-wise on Rotten Tomatoes or for an IMDb number out of 10? Um, You know, I... I get it, the 46%, you know, probably the critics who just saw it first, and I feel like when you're looking at this from a film analysis perspective, it's very different from looking at something as like, I'm just going to go watch a chick flick, or I'm going to go watch a romantic movie on Valentine's Day and just enjoy it. I think it's a very different perspective that you come from. Um, So for me, I mean, I think I would give this like maybe a 60%. Okay. on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it's, like, the best movie I've ever seen, but I thought it was interesting. Like, I love watching Julia Louis-Dreyfus on camera. I loved her in Veep. Seinfeld, she's, like, my favorite... She's my one of my favorite comedy actors. I genuinely love her. Love Will Ferrell as well. But there's something about it where, like, the kids annoyed me in the film. Like, I, <laughs> I was just like, these kids, they're annoying. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. Um, and I, I don't know. I just... I didn't think it was an amazing movie, but I really, really enjoyed the themes of just, you know, how to, like, make your family work again and, like, the give and take that it takes mm-hmm. and accountability. Like, I thought all of that, like, really, really resonated with me. I love the themes. Yeah, I would probably give it a, a 75%, but I really enjoyed this film. Again, I am a huge fan of Julia Louis-Dreyfus. There is a scene where she brings it home to me and just, like, give her a Golden Globe because I totally believe her. She's crying her eyes out, but not in a way that is not believable. It is sort of like a mini masterclass when you watch this 10 to 12 page scene in where she breaks down how she actually felt when the avalanche happened, which Pete has uh, sort of blown by. Um, uh, great. I just want to go over the characters. The characters are Julia Louis Dreyfus. So if you if you like these guys and what they're in with Julia Louis Dreyfus, like she said, you know, if you like Veep um, and uh, Seinfeld, you'll probably like this film. Will Ferrell, you guys know him from everything. Miranda Otto was from Lord of Rings and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is now airing, I think, the new third season. Great show. Um, and Zach Woods and Zoe. Zach Woods, you know, also from Veep, so him and Julia worked together before. Um, and Zoe is known from Living With Yourself, which is the new Netflix Paul Rudd show, which is actually a lot of fun and great. Um, so I would say if you like any of those things or you enjoy these actors, I think they all do. The ones that I just mentioned here get really great screen time. So if you enjoy them, I would at least go to watch this movie just to see them because they're they're good in it. Each one has some really good moments. Um, do you have any, before we close out here, any final thoughts on Downhill and how you feel about this movie? 
Um, I felt like this movie came at the perfect time for me. I just, I love that it's coming around Valentine's Day, and I, I think that so often we see, like, these really cheesy Valentine's Day rom-coms with, like, all the big list actors, like, um, I love how, like, when I said that, I was gonna say, like, Ashton Kutcher, like, <laughs> no, no, that's not what I mean, uh, there's, there's movies that, like, blend all these different actors together, and they're usually not that good, but they're, like, cheesy and fun, but this, I felt like it was a real story, and it wasn't as intense as something like the Oscar-nominated marriage story, but it was something that was both funny and enjoyable, but there also were deep themes there, I felt like the characters weren't likable, but then you're getting to feel like, okay, I can relate to this emotion in this character, and I can relate to the emotion in this character. I felt like it was a very authentic performance, and I don't feel like anything about it was over the top. And it's so crazy that something as huge as an avalanche could evoke like very real feelings that aren't overly dramatized. So I, I really did enjoy this movie. I highly recommend people watch it. I just don't think, you know, it's... I, I think it's engaging in a very different way. Like, I don't feel like it's a fast-paced movie. I think it's all about the character development. And I think nowadays people are very much like action, fire, like just I want to see cars and I want to yeah. see fast things. So I think if you're in it for the ride and like really understanding character development and like relating to characters and seeing how you can fix something or transform a relationship or transform a marriage, this is definitely the movie for you because it's very interesting and there are some very powerful scenes and it's funny. I agree. I think Downhill should shows the many sides of love that uh, not every relationship can survive an avalanche, but a lot of people can certainly try. And this is the story of two people trying um, while people are being thrown sort of in their path that either help them and lead them to this the discovery that they needed or the help that they needed in a really entertaining but also heartfelt way, which I truly enjoyed. Um, I will be going home to watch Force Majeure. I know a lot of you will see people saying, go and just watch Force Who Did It Better and is a darker comedy. Since I haven't seen it, I would say take this film uh, for what the producer said, which he said, it's a cover song of Force Majeure, which is its own entity to be taken without the side of Force Majeure and just taken as Downhill, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell as its own very cool film, which I suggest seeing on Valentine's Day because I think it's going to be a good one for you to go to to see with your partner. Even if an avalanche isn't headed your way, I think it's still good. Um, <laughs> so I have been your host, Tara Erickson, guys. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram, at Tara Erickson, Twitter, at the Tara Erickson. Please IMDB me. Check out my YouTube channel. Um, I do a lot of other shows here, too, especially um, the new show called Why Aren't You Watching? Here at AfterBuzz. Check that out. And this has been my lovely co-host, Mina Tell the people where they can find you. Hey everyone, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mina Makes Magic. Great guys, this has been Anatomy of uh, This has been Anatomy of a movie. We're happy to have you here with us. Please like and subscribe. Tune in. Let us know what more you want to hear from or what less you want to hear from. Just let us know. We're here for you. We love you guys here for the fans. And we will see you guys next week on another Anatomy of a movie. Bye! From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. <laughs> 